Last week, Charlie and Denise were asking me whether I get excited and put messages together in my study, and I, I sure do. You get really excited as you put messages together, and and sometimes you wish you could preach them right, right when you finish them. Sometimes I wish you could just call service at two and everybody gather together and get together and just, but we have to wait and until the time that the that the Lord's appointed for us to to uh, gather together and the message to be preached. And this message today was one that just really blessed my heart as I put it together. The name of the message is Confidence and Assurance. Confidence and Assurance. 1 John chapter 3 is where we'll be found in our text. We'll be reading verse 16 to 24. Confidence and Assurance. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 24. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath the world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Beloved, or for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And we know that, or in he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Now John chapter 3, and this wonderful chapter of Scripture we've been looking at, John has been bringing forth the believer in Christ loves the brethren, and tonight we see that John will bring forth the cause and the effect of this wondrous love. The cause for this love is our great God. The cause for our love for the brethren is our great God. The effect, the effect is that we love the Lord Jesus Christ, we love the gospel, and we love the brethren. Let's read verses 19 and 20 and we'll see that when, when believers hear the word of God, when we hear the gospel preached, it assures our hearts. It gives us confidence in Christ. Confidence in Christ. Look at verses 19 and 20. And, and he alone is where our hope is found. Christ alone. We, we have no confidence in the flesh. There may be a time when we used to. But now we have no confidence in the flesh at all. Because we know our utter inability. Look at verses 19 and 20. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So we assure ourselves before God in and through Christ. Nowhere else. In and through Christ. Not in ourselves as Paul writes, again, Paul, Paul says, 
and every believer says this, I mentioned it earlier, we have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence at all. in our Because we have no ability, do we? We know that. We've been showing that. We have no ability to save ourselves. We have no ability to keep ourselves. But we trust and rest in the one who has all power and all ability. So our hope is in our Savior. Our hope is in Christ and what he's done for us. And we see here that if our heart condemn us, as it often does, as it often does, our God is greater than our heart. He is greater than our heart. Listen to what Paul pens in, in, in light of this verse here, verse 24, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Paul writes this in Romans seven eighteen, For I know that in me, that is in our flesh, dwelleth no good thing. We know that as believers. We know that. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Because everything we do is tainted with sin. That's what basically Paul's bringing forth. Is that everything we do is tainted with sin. For I know that, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. So, therefore, as a result of knowing this, again, the believer has no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in ourselves. And we also don't put confidence in the preacher. Right? Because I can't save anyone. can't even save myself. But I preach the one who can save all who come to him. We, we don't have confidence in the church. The church itself can't save. One thing you'll notice about Catholics, they believe salvation's in the church. There's no salvation in the church. Salvation's in a person. The Lord Jesus Christ. And at a true gospel church, the preacher will be preaching Christ and Christ alone and him alone. Salvation's only in him. Our confidence is in Christ. It's in our great God. And only in Christ do we have assurance before the Father. Only in Christ. Outside of Christ, no assurance. But in Christ, oh, what great assurance the believer has. So again, we see the cause and effect. The truth of the word gives us confidence. Look at verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall show our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So we see the cause and effect. The truth of the word of God gives us a confidence and assurance with God. Even when our hearts condemn us. And we see in this verse that our God knows all things. He knows all things. And the one who knows all things gives us confidence and assurance through the preaching of his word by the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? It's absolutely wonderful. Look at this again. For if our heart condemn us, and it often does, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. If you remember in past studies in this book, I brought forth that the reason we love the brethren is because it's fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. It's fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. It's fruit of a work in, in, by him in us. He's the cause. You see, he's the cause. And the effect is, we love the brethren. We love the brethren. Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we'll see this. We love the word of God. 
because we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God and he reveals Christ to us. Before we were born again, we did not love God's word. Now we love it. We love the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love the preaching of the free grace of God in Christ, that salvation is by him and in Christ alone to the glory of God alone. And we won't put up with anything else, will we? Because all we want to hear about is Christ. All we want to do is hear about him, what he's done for us. Again, all this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. All that, he works in us. Look at Galatians chapter 5. We'll start at verse 16 and we'll go all the way to 26. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. There's that civil war in the believer between the flesh, this body of flesh that we carry around and the Holy Spirit within us, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another. They're constantly at war. So that you cannot do the things that you do. We desire to be sinless, don't we? But, we? but we're sinners. Remember what Paul wrote? In me dwelleth no good thing. But we desire, we desire, we can't wait till we get home to glory. We can't wait till the time when we're not going to sin anymore. It'll be wondrous. It'll be absolutely wondrous. But for now, for now we have this battle within us. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Magnificent scripture right there. You're not under the law. You're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Saved by the, the precious, washed, washed in the precious blood of Christ. Saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not under the law. Then look at this in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such, of the which I tell you, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to this, though. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, now, there's the key right there. There's the key. The fruit of the Spirit. Religion's always trying to get people to muster these things up. You can't do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God. It's Him working in us, beloved. Right? Look at this. This is wonderful. Let's look at this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love for Christ. Love for the Gospel. Love for, 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 for the Word of God. Love for God's people. Oh, my. And again, our love is fickle, though, isn't it? But, but this... This is talking spiritual love. This is a love that, that God works in us. Love. Peace. What peace the believer has in Christ. Paul called it the peace that passes all understanding. It keeps your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. No. Joy. I miss joy. Joy. The believer can have joy in the midst of trials and tribulations because of Christ. Because of Christ. We have a joy. Joy unspeakable. Long-suffering. The believer in Christ is long-suffering, my folks. 
Because you know what? It's easy for us to be long-suffering when we consider how long-suffering the Lord was with us before we were even saved. And how long-suffering is He with us even now after we're saved? Oh, He's long-suffering, beloved. And this is the fruit of the Spirit, though. This is the Holy Spirit works this in us. Right? Gentleness. Gentle spirit. Goodness. Faith which is a gift of God. And that faith just keeps growing, doesn't it? It's a work of the Spirit. Meekness. Quiet strength. That's what meekness means. Quiet strength. Temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now let's go back to 1 John chapter 3. So we see through these verses that our assurance, the assurance that the believer has, comes from God. And the only one who can give you confidence and assurance before God is God himself. And he does this for his sheep. They're born again, again, of the Holy Spirit of God. And then through the preaching of the Word and the teaching and reading of, of the Word of God, God's sheep are, are directed to turn right to Christ. To look right to Christ. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah chapter 32. Look at this portion here. Isaiah chapter 32. <clears throat> the cause of our great salvation that we have in Christ, is God. He's the cause of it. The effect of that great salvation that he planned and purposed in eternity is we're saved. <laughs> Wondrously saved by the shedding of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 32. And knowing that our great God planned and purposed and executed our salvation in and through Christ, who is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And again, do you know what the effect of this wondrous salvation is in Christ? Well, let's take note here of Isaiah 32. The effect of this wonderful salvation that we have in Christ. Look at verses 15 to 17. Isaiah 32, verses 15 to 17. Look at this. Until the Spirit be poured forth from upon us from on high. And he's being poured out, isn't he? God's people are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And the wilderness be a fruitful field. We're compared to a wilderness there. Now it's a fruitful field. Why? Well, the fruit of the Spirit. Because of what God, God's done. And the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. Look at verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. The work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance for how long? Forever. Forever. The work of righteousness is that which Christ performed as a servant in obedience to the law and the room and place of his people, beloved. A service perfectly and completely done by him. A service that is perfectly well-pleasing to our great God. 
perfectly pleasing to our great God. And the believer in Christ, knowing that Christ did this for us, it produces, all by the work of the Holy Spirit of God again, not of us, it's all of our great God, it produces a quietness of the soul under the mighty hand of God in the midst of trial and tribulation. How can we go through things when we th and we look back and go, how in the world did I make it through that? Well, it's because God carried you right through it. He carried you right. And even look before you were saved and how he preserved you until you heard the word of God preached. That's the part that makes me marvel, to be honest with you. How he didn't just leave me to myself. He didn't leave, you. He didn't leave us to ourselves, beloved. He watched over us. And even then, he loved us with an everlasting love. So in the midst of all the calamities in this world, amidst the judgments which fall upon man, as well as, the, as when we face reproach for what we believe, amidst all the charges and accusations of Satan, our confidence and our assurance is only found in Christ. It's found in Christ, in, in Him alone. And we dwell upon the love of God for us and the fact that, that God's our Father. God's our Father, and Christ is our Savior. We marvel at that, don't we? The fact of these things, that He's our Savior, that He's our Redeemer, and the fact that we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. In the fact that the, the fruit of the Spirit, we grow in grace and knowledge and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, all by the Spirit working within us. And what a glorious inheritance we have waiting for us. In glory. It's all in Christ. And, and knowing all this gives us boldness at the throne of grace, doesn't it? Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 10. Gives us boldness at the throne of grace, beloved. And again, our confidence is not in ourselves at all. Because we know in ourselves dwelt no good thing. But our confidence is completely in Christ Jesus our Lord. Completely in Him. And what a wondrous Savior He is. What a wondrous Savior. And we, when we dwell upon the fact of the love of God for us from eternity, oh my, it'll, it'll fill your heart with joy. It'll give you a Peace that passes all understanding. It'll give you confidence and assurance before the throne of grace. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We only have, we only have boldness to enter into the access of God in prayer by the blood of Christ. That's the only, that's the only reason that he accepts us, beloved. is because of the blood of Christ. Because the righteousness of Christ that we're clothed in. Oh my only through Christ, look at that, by a new and living way which he, which he, Christ has done this, hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and heaven and high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in, look, look at these words, in full assurance of faith. In full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at that. Full assurance of faith. Now there's times when we doubt. There's times when we are tossed to and fro. But, but the scripture here says, let us come with a full assurance. Let us come before the throne of grace. Our Father in heaven, he sent Christ here to purchase us with his own blood. 
And it's because of the blood of Christ that we can have access with the Father. Let us come with full assurance, knowing that our Father hears us. Now we might not always get what we ask for, because we ask amiss. Right? But He knows. He knows knows what we need before we even speak the words, beloved. And He takes care of His sheep. Oh my, let's go back to 1 John chapter 3. We'll read verses 20 to 21 now. For if our heart can our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. So we see then that the word of God points us to the one who is the source of our assurance. It says here, if our hearts condemn us, and again, it does and it will, God is greater than our heart. It points us to the one who is the source of our assurance, our Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what a simple, precise statement is here brought forth before us by the Holy Spirit of God who had John penned these words. If and when our hearts condemn us, we are to look to our blessed Savior. We're to look to our blessed Savior, knowing that our great God is greater than our condemning hearts. Wonderful. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. We are to look to he who is greater than than that which condemns us. This is very similar to what Paul wrote in the book of Colossians in chapter 3. He writes this in verses 1 to 4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection, that's your heart, on things above, not on things on the earth. See, Paul's saying, get your mind on Christ. Get your eyes on Christ. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear... Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now let's go back to our text there in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Take note of the word knoweth there in that. That verse, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. The word there in the Greek does not mean that God knows mere information like we do. The word is defined in the Greek to know in a beginning or completed sense. It's gnosko, which means to know in an intimate personal knowledge. He knows us. He knows everything about us. And he knows what he's given us. 
And it is He who has given us faith to believe on Christ. And the basis upon which it, it rests is His infallible Word, beloved. That's why the Scriptures must be our final authority. Thus saith the Lord. And we look to Him, Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And who's declared all through this wonderful book. From Genesis all the way to Revelation and everything in between. This book declares the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And it is there in the person of Christ proclaimed all through this book that we find confidence and assurance as believers. Only in Him. It is He who went to Calvary's cross and bled and died in our room and place. It is He that's done this. It's He who has redeemed us from all our sins. It's in and through Him that we have the forgiveness of all our sins. It's in and through Christ that God remembers our sin no more. And it's in it's Christ who we will one day see face to face. And we'll be sinless. What a glorious day that'll be. What a glorious day that'll be. Look at verse 21. It brings this truth out even more too that our confidence and our assurance is in Christ and Him alone. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. We look to Christ and Him alone, in whom we have confidence. We look at the Word and what, what it's declared about we who are in Him. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. We are washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we have the forgiveness of all our sins because of what Christ has done. And the Word proclaims this truth, these truths. And we have therefore confidence, assurance before our great God because of what He has done for us and what He's done in us. And that confidence, assurance, again, I'm going to cycle all the time right back to Christ because it's only in Him. It's only through Christ and Him alone. Notice in verse 21, I'm going to rephrase this, divinely loved ones. And, and think of this. You who are the people of God are the divinely loved ones by God's choice. By His choice. By His will. By His power. Let's read what it says. Beloved, divinely loved ones. Beloved, if our heart condemn us, not. You know, our heart won't condemn us when we're looking to Christ. That's what he's bringing forth here. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, it won't condemn us when we're looking to Christ. This will only, this, this will only occur, this, if our heart condemn us not, this will only occur if we're looking to Christ. And look at this. Then we have confidence toward God. And our confidence is not in ourselves, but our confidence is in God. So let's read that whole verse again. 
Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Confidence in Him. So John is bringing forth very clearly in this section of Scripture that we're looking at tonight that our assurance, that our confidence is found as our faith looks to He who is the object of our faith. As we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's again turn to Colossians chapter 1. And look at what Paul pens to the believers at Coloss. And we see him, that he instructs them to look to Christ, just as John does here. Because it's Christ who the Word of God proclaims. It's Christ who the Word of God proclaims. It's Christ who John proclaims. It's Christ who Peter proclaims. It's Christ who Paul proclaims. It's the Christ who every gospel preacher proclaims. We preach Christ and Him crucified. That's who we preach. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verses, verses 28, and when then we'll go to chapter 2, verse 4. We'll go all the way to that portion. Paul writes, Whom we preach, being Christ, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So he's ascribing all the power of his ministry, all the success of the ministry to Christ. All to him. It's God who works in him mightily. It's God who works in every believer mightily. Not just the Apostle Paul. Every believer. It's God who works in us mightily. We're born again. <laughs> We're the fruit of the Spirit. We, we grow in the grace and knowledge and truth because of the fruit of the Spirit. Because of the Spirit working in us, beloved. For I would that ye know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. And again, that spiritual love, that's the love that God puts in our hearts, beloved. And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. <laughs> now, we might not, have, we don't understand everything in the Scripture, do we? But, but the believer has a full assurance of understanding that Christ died for me and that he paid for all my sins and I'm washed in his precious blood, born again by the Holy Spirit of God, by the will, power, and, and planning of our great God. Oh my. Yeah, we do. We have, we have a full assurance, don't we? Of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and we know the mystery of God is the gospel of Christ, the free grace of God, and of the Father and of Christ, in whom, being Christ, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. My goodness. And this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words. Like we saw on Sunday morning. That the Judaizers were doing to the Galatians. Saying you had to be circumcised to be saved. That's what kind of enticing words Paul's saying. Anyone who adds to the finished work of Christ is coming to you with enticing words. Don't have anything to do with them. Nothing at all. Just keep trusting Christ and Christ alone. Let's go back to our verses in 1 John chapter 3. We'll read verses 19 to 23 to get the context of verse 22, which is often ripped out of context and used to promote self-righteousness. 
this in 1 John chapter 3, we read verses 19 to 23. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of, the, of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So again, we see in the context of our text that this verse is speaking of when our hearts condemn us. So you always got to look at the context. People rip verses out of context and make whole doctrines over them. But the context of this verse is that is speaking of when we come to our Lord in prayer, when our hearts condemn us. What do we do? We cry out to our great God, don't we? We cry out to Him. We cry out to Him in prayer. We ask the great physician, Christ, to apply the balm of Gilead, Christ, (laughs) to our hearts, don't we? To our souls. And who does this? The Holy Spirit of God. Who directs us to who? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. And we have relief when our hearts condemn us when we look to Christ. Marvel at this truth set before us then. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now we know that not one of us could look at our lives and lay this truth at our door but because we know we're but saved sinners. But always remember that this is how God sees us. He sees us in Christ. He sees us in Christ. And oh how this assures our faith. Working by love in Christ. Look at verses 1 to, one to or look at verse 1 in this in this chapter, look at this. This wonderful truth set forth before us. See, the only way we keep God's commandments is in Christ. Only in Him. He lived the substitutionary death for us. Look at verse 1. Now, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Then look at verse 6. Whosoever abideth in Him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Then look at verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for a seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. But, but we know that we're sinners. We're saved sinners, though, aren't we? We're saved sinners. We are but saved sinners, but again, and, and this will be something you, you hear from every gospel preacher, when God looks at us, he sees Christ. He sees his people robed in the perfect, spotless righteousness of Christ. Wonder of wonders at the grace and mercy of God which has been given to you. And oh, what assurance we find knowing this truth in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read verses 20 to 24 again to see the context for verse 23 and 24. Verse 20, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence 
toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And that's all through Christ. That's all through Christ. Now, that's not a license for, for the believer to go sin, out, go out the door and go crazy. It's not that. Oh, no. Again, the love of Christ constrains us. But, but this is wonderful news for the believer in Christ. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. So let's read verse 23 on its own. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So we see here brought forth, and again remember that our love for Christ and our love for the brethren is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God working within us. It's not based upon us, but it's a result of the fact that we are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And that he works again in us. It's a result of the mighty work and power of God. And the result of God-given faith in new life by regeneration, which is given to us by the grace of God and by the power of God, is that we keep his commandments, the ones given here, which are that we love the Savior, and we love the brethren, those whom the Lord has purchased with his own precious blood. See, context is so important, beloved. Context is so vital when you're, when you're looking at these scriptures. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And let's, let's look at what's written about, about the saints of God, the elect of God in Thessalonica. Look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. And we as God's people, we give thanks for God's people, don't we? We give thanks. No matter, no matter where, they, where they are, we give thanks to God for his people. It's wonderful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. We give thanks. Paul's pending a letter to them. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. God's people give thanks to God for his people, and they pray for them. They pray for one another. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, and labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, again, focused right on Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, you are what? Election of God. That means God chose them. That's what the Greek means. It means he chose them. And we as believers know he chose us. Not based upon anything in us, just like the Thessalonians, not based upon anything in them, but God, before the foundation of the world, chose the people of Christ. You cannot get away from the doctrine of election in Scripture. For our gospel came not unto you in word only. You didn't just hear it with your, with your normal ears. See, if one hears just with their normal ears the voice of the preacher, it has no effect. It didn't just come in word, but it came in power. It came in power, in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, beloved. And in the Holy Ghost, and in, look at this, and in much assurance. There's that word again. In much assurance as you know what manner of man we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, 
For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. They went out and just proclaimed Christ. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. But look at that. Look at verse 5. And in much assurance. Much assurance. Who do we have much assurance in? Only in Christ. Amen. Only in Christ. I'll turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Now think of this too. The absence of faith in Christ and the absence of love for the brethren indicates an absence of sonship. Which the scriptures speak of the believer heaven in Christ. Again, I'll say it again. The absence of faith in Christ and the absence of love for the brethren indicates an absence of a sonship which the scriptures speak of the believer heaven in Christ. Because we know faith is a gift of God. We know that the love that we have for Christ and for the gospel is a fruit of the Spirit. So if, if that's not there, then there's no, no matter what the person says, they're still dead in their trespasses and sins. Look at this in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remember, remember what this beginning of this chapter said? Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And look what it declares here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, Again, to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, <coughs> and joint heirs with Christ, so be that we, sh- that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. My goodness. Let's go back to John, 1 John chapter 3. We'll look at verse 24 now. Verse 24. God's saints have the Spirit of God within us, beloved. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given which he had given us. So we see here in this verse an explanation of the cause and effect as the believer in Christ keeps those commandments because he dwells in Christ. He dwells in Christ. And God dwells, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Again, it all goes back to the Lord Jesus Christ. It all goes back to him. And and we know it is he who gave the Spirit to us. Listen to what Brother Tim James brings forth about this verse. He says, The believer is one person who is at the same time both flesh and spirit. Therefore, he can never do good without evil being present. Exactly what Paul wrote in that verse we looked at earlier. 
He was born in the flesh and born again by the Spirit through the Word. The believer understands what this means. He knows that this is not speaking of some trance-like existence that enables him to live above the world in sin. His spiritual life, the indwelling of the Spirit, is singular in its scope, and that by the purpose of God. The Spirit in us, spiritual life, is in us to do and accomplish a single thing. And I love how he finishes this. He is in us to cause us to look to Christ. That's magnificent. He is in us to cause us to look to Christ. Because remember, before we were saved, we didn't look to Christ. Not at all. But the Holy Spirit dwelling within us causes us to look to Christ. Because here, guide us into what? All truth. Who's the truth? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Again, the, the Holy Spirit guides the believer into all truth. The Lord Jesus Christ is, 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 he is the way, the truth, and the life. No, no man cometh unto the Father but by him. And the Holy Spirit is our great comforter, isn't he? And he's the great revealer of the scriptures to us. And we find confidence and assurance in our great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Holy Spirit illuminates the Scriptures for us and teaches us about our great Savior, teaches us about what we are, sinners, and teaches us about who He is, our Savior, our Redeemer, our God. Oh, my. And we, therefore, we, we find confidence and assurance him, don't we? Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll read verses 9 to 16. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What a verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by how? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Think of that verse in light of did you, what, what we knew about Christ before the Lord saved us. Amen. I didn't know nothing from a scriptural point of view. I had, I had in my mind who I thought he was. It, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the Lord of the Bible, let me tell you that. It wasn't. Now we have received, look at verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, that we might know that Christ redeemed us at Calvary's cross, that we might know that we are purchased by his precious blood, that we might know that God planned and purposes from eternity. That he's loved us with an everlasting love. And, and these are wondrous truths to the believer. Gives us such, such confidence and, and assurance in Christ. My. Which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the man's dead in trespasses and sins, 
receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. No understanding. I just look back again. Look back to where we were before, before the Lord saved us. No understanding. Read, read this. It was, just, it was just like paper and ink. And then after the Lord saves you, you're going, I didn't even see that. And even after you've, you've walked with the Lord 20, 30, 40 years, you're looking at the Scriptures someday and you're reading it, you go, when did that get put in there? <laughs> oh my! Because the Holy Spirit just lights it up, illuminates the Scriptures, Spurgeon used to say, and it fills us with joy and peace. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Born again by the Holy Spirit of God and taught these wondrous truths. Again, I'll ask you, and I, and I know you know the answer, but I'm going to ask the question anyways. Where does the Holy Spirit of God lead his people to? Yeah. The Holy Spirit of God will always lead the believer in Christ to the throne of grace, to the place where Christ, the Lamb, sits. The one who was slain for sinners. That's right where the Holy Spirit will lead you. Right to Christ. Right to Christ. Listen to this wonderful verse. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Freedom. Freedom. So it is there, looking to Christ Jesus our Lord, where we find confidence and assurance while we are journeying through this world. He is the man Christ Jesus, but, but not only a mere man, he is God incarnate in the flesh, and it is He who gives grace, peace, life to His people. He is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, beloved. Perfect in all ways. And He is the giver of the Spirit. And it is He who has emancipated us from the bondage of sin, beloved. He set us free, having paid for all that God demanded for our sins, having satisfied the, the law of God and having the penalty for our sins poured out upon Him in our place. Beloved of God, if the Son shall make you free, you're free indeed. <laughs> Glory be to our great God. Glory be to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Wonderful message of grace. Salvation in and through Thee alone, Lord Jesus. And oh, what confidence and assurance the believer can find only in Thee, Lord. Only in looking to You. And we know that the Holy Spirit guides us to You, Lord Jesus. Oh, may You be glorified and magnified as this message goes forth, Lord. May You use it, Lord, or we pray to draw in Your lost sheep wherever they are. And, and, and by chance, someone will listen to this, not by chance, but by your providence, someone will listen to this, and Lord, that you'd, you'd move in their lives, all that they'd be born again, and, and that you would, um, you would just grant them faith to believe upon thee, Lord Jesus. Oh, what a magnificent Savior you are. Wonder, what a wondrous Savior you are, dear Lord. 
We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.